Emotions have fluctuated up and down all over the place about this game. Um, I've been a critic of the Leinster heavy selections uh, in the Irish team over the last two years. Uh, I understood the reasoning behind it. I just I didn't agree with it. And that at times has left me feeling not cold on Ireland because by the time the anthems kick in, it's, it's you know, I'm all in on Ireland winning. Um, it's just left me a little bit cold during match weeks. Um, but that has been gone for a number of weeks now. And nothing does it for me like the All Blacks. I so badly want to win this one. That it's been piercing at the back of my head all week. I've been, I've been checked out medically. It's all good. <laughs> but it's it's such a... A big game, such a massive occasion for the country, the rugby. I mean, and and the, the rugby in this country. I've seen a lot of stuff at the moment because, like you know, I think Ireland soccer is getting negatively compared to Irish rugby at the moment, and they're obviously in two two different sports. First of all, as you may or may have noticed, um, but they're in two different contexts right now. Um, for the the actual rugby country, this game is colossal. Um, we have to win it. No question, no questions about it. Y- yeah, we have to win it because it's a quarter final, and the aim is to win and progress to the next stage. But this is knockout rugby. This is knockout rugby against the All Blacks. We cannot let this go. Um, in the last couple of years since twenty sixteen, the context between Ireland and New Zealand has changed, but the vast majority of time between these two rugby nations, it has been. An all-black boot stamping on an Irish throat over and over again for the guts of nearly a century. Before we started to change the context and change how these games were played in the last seven or eight years. I remember I was, the, I think it was the first game, the the, the the Chicago game, where watching it and, and in direct aftermath of it, couldn't believe what I'd seen. Because... Every game before that, Ireland lost to the All Blacks. I remember watching Ireland get hammered by the All Blacks in 2012. Nilled, I think it was. 60, it was a ridiculous score. I even put it out of my mind half the time. And to think that 10, maybe 11 years later, that we go into this game as peers where, make no mistake about it, the days of New Zealand laughing about Ireland, taking us for granted, you know, thinking that we were light work, they're gone. They're gone. Whatever happens in this game, the All Blacks, they fear Ireland. And as I've said before in this podcast many, many times, when it comes to the All Blacks in particular, if they don't hate you, they don't rate you. And 
They hate us right now. And a lot of the stuff, when I'm, when I'm speaking about hatred here, I'm speaking about the invented fictional universe that we inhabit when, we, when it comes to games like this, when it comes to higher level sport. You live in a sort of kayfabe where, obviously, you don't hate these guys. Where, if you happen to see Ardi Savea at the same resort as you after the World Cup on a holiday, you'd go up and say, how's it going? You might even have a drink with the guy. But in the build-up to a game like this, you have to believe that you hate these guys and that you will do anything to break them. You would break yourself to break them to win this game. And a lot of the talk that I've seen this in, in this week from the All Blacks about them pissing in our pockets, gassing us up about, oh, aren't they great, aren't they brilliant, aren't they brilliant guys altogether. I don't believe that for a fucking second with this team. They are coming for blood this tonight in this game, in this quarterfinal. A lot of the talk has been how Ireland are the team under pressure. Ireland are the number one team in the world, right? We are expected to win this game, right? And I, I do think that we will. But we're expected to win this game. So there is an expectation that comes with that, right? We've been the, the form team in this tournament. We have beaten South Africa. We beat Scotland out the gate. We have looked the most impressive when you consider the, the relative difficulty of the opposition. Every team has had one game where they're playing a difficult opponent just because of the nature of these pools. Ireland have had two, on paper anyway, difficult games that we had to navigate. And we did so. Like, really... No, I won't say comfortably. We should have won against South Africa by more. But we, we, we won that game against, you know, one of the contenders in this tournament. One of the genuine contenders. And then we had a game against Scotland who, prior to the game, a lot of people were saying were, were a dark horse. It didn't seem that way after the game. But Ireland put them away as a result. So yeah, look, there is 100% expectation in Ireland that we continue the momentum that we've brought over the last two years into this game and win. Without question, there is a pressure and expectation that comes with that. But to say that the All Blacks are coming into this game with a free shot, absolutely not true at all. You go back and you look over the last year or even two years of the All Blacks, this is one of the poorest All Blacks teams that they've ever had. If they were to go out here after losing so dramatically in the semi-final against the All Blacks in 2019. This cycle, over the last four years, would mark one of the worst periods in All Blacks history. When you consider, you know, haven't they been quite good for the most part? Yeah, well, I mean, relatively speaking. But we're talking about the All Blacks here. So to, to, to suggest that they're coming into this quarterfinal, pressure-free, moisturised, hydrated, in their lane, I don't think that's true at all. I think for this group, for a lot of the the, 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 the the legacy of this group, there's a ton of pressure involved for the All Blacks here. They've lost a series to Ireland last year. So if you're saying that they can go into this game and there's no pressure and uh, no big deal if they lose, they've got to go back to New Zealand after this. They've got to go back and ex if they lose this game to Ireland, that'll be, what, four of the last five games they've lost to a team who they hadn't lost to for a century, you know, 111 years before that? That, that that is a pressure situation for for Ian Foster who's leaving anyway but that's a pressure for for the team who were there afterwards yeah Scott Robertson's coming in afterwards or after the fact but believe me they're under pressure coming into this game as much as we are it's what makes this game as fascinating as what it is someone has got to lose and if we look at the last um few years of and, and we'll say the last two years of Irish rugby um actually let's put it back out a little bit further the last we'll say 12 years of Irish rugby, 
right? If we go back to, you know, 2011, we had came into that really, really well, right? We were doing well. We had won a Grand Slam in, in 09. We had some really great players, guys who were still in their prime, who were all-time players for us. We lost the quarterfinal to a Welsh team who we would expect to beat eight times out of ten. That one hurt, really, really hurt because we just completely underperformed our level in that game. Looked like we weren't the team that we believed we were. You look at 2015. Again, we had developed, pushed on under under Joe Schmidt. We had, we had won a Six Nations. We were, were, were doing very, very well coming into the tournament. We had a lot of younger players who were breaking through. Peter Manny, you know, Conor Murray had broken through in 2011, but, you know, he was beginning to look like one of the best players in the world at that point. Johnny Sexton was fully settled in as the, you know, without question, number one guy in that, in, in, in that cycle. We had a fantastic win against France. One of the best games I've seen that Ireland team play. An all-timer performance um, by Peter Romani, but he suffers an incredibly serious knee injury during that game. He's out for the guts of 18 months. Paul O'Connell had to retire because of an injury he picked up in that game. Uh, Johnny Sexton picked up, a knock, picked up a knock in that game as well. Sean O'Brien got suspended, and that was on top of some of the injuries that we already had. We won that game, but it was a ferric victory. We went into Argentina in the quarterfinal and were blown out of it inside the first half game was gone that hurt an awful lot as well I remember watching that at the time in a fucking homeless hostel in Dublin miserable some French guy rinsing me next about about what you know oh beat France but couldn't beat Argentina but that is the way that it's gone for this Irish team we have a big performance usually and then we get to the knockouts and then it falls apart you go to 2019 our big performance really was kind of against Scotland where we looked great in the opening game um, but then lost to Japan, which kind of set the tone for just a disappointing loss to the All Blacks, who we had beaten, you know, the year before, and we were number one team in the world on a high. They brought us back down to earth in that quarterfinal. And again, we started very poorly. Game was gone. No way back into it from there. And we, we lost that game, but, you know, we knew we had that game lost from, you know, from the first half on. So when you look at the, the last, we'll say, from 2015, 2019, uh, those quarterfinals against Argentina and New Zealand we lost them because we started poorly and we lost them because we came into them like you know reduced to a certain extent with injuries against um, Argentina and with our confidence absolutely in the toilet against New Zealand after losing to Japan we didn't believe we looked broken messed up and we got beaten out the gate as a result World Cup over everybody off home now in the last four years Ireland's recovery post Schmidt and I would say recovery post Schmidt that, like, that, that, that sounds a little bit like he ran Ireland into the ground I, I don't even think that's the case He's for me he's still the best coach that Ireland have ever had if Andy Farrell's Ireland can win this game Andy Farrell overtakes him in my opinion but that cycle Ireland looked like they needed a refresh and in the last four years that refresh has happened now the template is largely based on Leinster but you look at what Ireland have done even in the last six months we'll say the big players, the guys who are getting Ireland over the line for the most part, aren't just the bigger Leinster players. They're hugely important guys like Bundy Aki, like Mac Hansen, like Pete Romani, like Tyke Byrne. Uh, Finley Beelham is a hugely important guy in this team as well now. All that adds to what has been a sort of a transformation, I would say, in the last couple of months where, and I'm talking about specifically from the, like the, the, the last few games of the warm-up into what we've seen is that this Irish team has become, especially the one that's ended up taking the field. Like, and you look at Ian Henderson, how important he's going to be this weekend as well. That it's it's something that you can look past what I felt was maybe 
a little bit of a, an over-reliance on Leinster. Forget about that. Forget about that. It's not about that now. It's about Ireland winning this game. And like you look at the, the way that, that Andy Farrell has used that Leinster template, which if you go back makes complete sense. And I've said this all along. It makes complete sense. Ireland started that cycle really poorly. Ireland lost a, a ton of games early on. Um, and the more Leinster guys he brought in, the more cohesion that he had, the more of a base template that they had to work from. And they've built on that since. So like a lot of what Leinster do, Ireland do. Ireland aren't Leinster either at the same time because some of the things and this comes down to personnel as well some of the personnel that Ireland have are basically the weaknesses in Leinster's team filled in completely and that has created an incredibly formidable team over the last 12 months so while we can say look and I'm only mentioning this just because these are the things I was speaking about before the tournament so I think it's only fair to address them now is that could we have looked at John Clain being in here absolutely but who cares about that now doesn't matter we want Joe McCarthy to do the very best he can in this game. And all that stuff, you know, could, could John Hodnett have got a few minutes here? Could Gavin Coombs have got a few minutes there? Absolutely. But I think what we've seen in this tournament over the last couple of weeks is that this Irish team is the system team. It is the system team in world rugby. The system is everything. If you do not exactly fit the roles they already have in the system that they know works, it is very, very difficult for you to get into that system. The time for you to affect that system by getting in and, we'll say, having an impact at a point where your role becomes part of the system was two years ago. So if you weren't in that team around two years ago, it is incredibly difficult for you to get into that team now. If you weren't breaking into that team in 2021, and look, look at the guys who were there. It's been more or less the same group all the way along. The only guy you could say who was made a late burst towards that team to make it into that Category A match day 23 is Jack, is Jack Rowley. And that should tell you exactly how good Jack Rowley is, that he was able to go against the flow in that way to get in and to get the, the opportunities that he's gotten. That'll tell you how good he is and how adaptable he is. But for a lot of the other guys... The system is the system. And I think that some of the, the static that's been there, and it's still there, where people are talking about, oh, why isn't my guy in there? Why isn't, you know, more Munster guys, Connacht guys, Ulster guys is? Because it's often felt that they're not good enough to play in this team, but that's not the case. I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks that it is system and roles first. And Ireland, the roles that you do is so vitally important that it's almost hard like it's, it's almost hard to even get it over to you how important it is and how much it overtakes everything else. These are great players, but the fact that they are fitting into the system exactly as designed should be the thing that you take away from this. And that's the power of that system to the point where Jimmy O'Brien is on the bench here. And I'll explain why I feel that is in a minute. But if you look at Jimmy O'Brien on the bench, he's relatively inexperienced. You know, he's got a lot of caps for Leinster, but like he's only started to become a kind of a, a big game player for Leinster relatively recently and made his debut with Ireland. He has, doesn't have a whole load of caps. This will be the biggest game he will ever have played in should he come in off the bench, which I assume he will. But the fact is that if he does come in on the bench, we'll say in the back three for somebody, the power of the of the system that Ireland have will drive him through. So he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't come in and have to overthink anything. The system is what it is. So he will come in. He will play his game confident that he knows exactly what to do because the system is the system and there's very little room for, like, there's very little wiggle room there. So he just has to come in, do the jobs he knows he has to do. For example, if you look at Ireland's 
uh, tap and go routines, right? You might think, oh, the tap and go. What jobs are there associated with that? Watch Ireland. If we get a five meter tap and go opportunity in this game, you'll see a couple of things happening depending on the the, the play structure that they go on. Because they have a few different plays. But it, against Scotland, Dan Sheehan would tap the ball. Behind him would be Tyke Byrne and Ian, Ian Henderson who would immediately clear him out. And then Tyke Furlong would come in to lock down that breakdown and either pass the ball himself, maybe pick and go, or just set the set the, the presentation for the ball so Ireland can go on to the next phase of, of that little one or two phase strike. Okay? When he went off the field, when Tyke Byrne Bur- uh, and Tyke Furlong went off the field, uh, James Ryan came on and Finley Beelham came on. When Ireland had another five metre um, oper- tap and go opportunity, Ronan Kelleher tapped the ball. Who cleared him out behind? James Ryan. Ian Henderson and who came in to lock down that behind on the first phase Finley Beelham everybody has their job the job is associated with the number on your back it doesn't reflect what the typical oh an open side does or a tight head prop does your number that's the job the job has x y and z that has to do during a game you need to hit those markers and then once you know you have that certainty that the system will give you that certainty you can get in and play there. Because I think there's this idea that, well, oh, Ireland go out there and they play what they see. That it's very much like that there's a lot of freedom in in the game that Ireland play. There's freedom to a certain extent. Okay? Like, there, there, there is freedom to, if you see an opportunity, you can absolutely go for it. In the same way that there was under, under Joe Schmidt, where people thought that they were all robots. That wasn't the case. The system was, by the time the 2019 World Cup came along, it was outdated. As for now... What Ireland are doing is right on the cutting edge of attacking rugby. And we, 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 we can see that because it hasn't dated itself in the last great acceleration of the game, which we saw around the turn of this year. So around 2022, 2023, the game is just changing. It's changing so quickly because, again, as professionalism goes on and on and on and on, and as athletes get, there's more and more demands about what is required from an athlete, from a rugby athlete in a number of different positions the game advances along with that and Ireland at the moment are right on the forefront of that um, but again like that could change in another year where what Ireland are doing looks dated but as for now we are right where we need to be and I suppose that leads to the excitement where this team there's been such an energy behind them in the country like I'm living in Rathkeel right so you, you might say that is not rugby country and you'll be right it's not rugby country but the crowds that are in the local pubs here for these games is massive. Huge crowds, huge energy. The number of, of, of Munster gear you see around the place, because again, that would be the kind of the proxy for rugby here. You see a lot more Munster gear walking around. You're seeing a lot of new Ireland gear walking around as well. Um, the, the, the energy you're seeing around the place, not just in Rakhil, but around the place here, which is again, not massive rugby country, but you can see the energy that's there for this team you can see it in the people who are traveling over you can see it in the videos you can see it in in zombie which is you know again started in munster but it's it's transferred over to to ireland a bit like uh the fields of atten Roy, because lots of people connacht people who think oh well ireland took that from connacht it's like no they didn't they did not please stop that came from the big energy and away munster games in the early 2000s and it transferred over to ireland as a result from the late 90s over into the early 2000s that's my recollection of it but look, the energy is what's important. There is enthusiasm. There's excitement. There is real, I don't know, what. I, I can't even go further than excitement. There is just, 
that nervous energy that you get ahead of big games that we've traditionally i've only really ever associated this type of energy with the irish soccer team when they're at their very very best but this is is where we're at now this massive game against the all blacks and just the 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 want the need for ireland to win this and to take us to a place we've never been before which is a world cup semi-final and the thing is the exciting the tantalizing thing is they're more than good enough to do it going back into that quarterfinal in 2019 again ireland were wounded we were hauled below the waterline and when new zealand beat us there was an element of okay <laughs> let's get this over and done with kind of thing that is not the case this time it's a different team and what i'm mentioning these past prior knockouts um because in a way they aren't important you can't be too bound by history and i don't think this team is um when they say they haven't spoken about the the last world cups where they've lost and, and you know gone out in the quarterfinal stage or before i believe them because it's of no relevance really to what they have to do this weekend what is more relevant for them is what have we done last year what have we done the year before what have we done as a group since we really started to click into what we're doing because this irish team isn't is a, is a is a team like they are almost like they're like a club team and that is deliberate with the amount of minutes that they have where people are there was a couple of graphics shared this week about oh well look they've got you know they've they've got a lot of minutes in the in, in the world cup um you know as, as a sort of oh will they get injured or, or, or get a knock look that look that is always possible it's always possible even for guys who are fresh as a daisy they can pick up uh, a knock like that look like malcolm marks had a whole ton of rugby under his belt and he picked up a season a world cup engine uh, ending injury and that was that but for this irish team we've seen they're at their best and because again this team has played almost every serious game that god has sent in the last two years this team has played so since they've settled on that team they have given them every rep imaginable to go out there and my worry before the world cup was is that other teams will catch up with the level of cohesion that we have and now that might be the case here for the all blacks in in this game coming up and in the knockout games to come but from what we've seen of ireland so far is other teams have been able to get near it now that is exciting because if that follows on to its natural conclusion that is incredibly exciting because that means Ireland will get to a World Cup final and Ireland will win it or be very close to it. But we've got games to deal with and we've got serious opposition to deal with. So let's get and look at this um, all-black side here and uh, get on to the Irish team then afterwards. New Zealand, they're back three. Bowden Barrett at fullback. Will Jordan and Leicester Fainga Anuku in the back three. Um, Lester Fainga Anuku is uh, in there ahead of Mark Talea who is out for an as yet undisclosed disciplinary issue inside uh, in the All Blacks camp whatever that was maybe he didn't uh, video enough of the, the bag chain stuff maybe I, I, I don't know I'm just going to make an assumption there in midfield Rico Ioani and Jordi Barrett uh, Richie Moonga and Aaron Smith at halfback and in the pack Ethan DeGroote Cody Taylor Tyrell Lomax uh, Brody Retallick and Scott Barrett in the second row with Shannon Frizzell Sam Kane and Ardy Savea in the back row so looking at that I will just go on the bench Dane Coles Tamatai Williams Fletcher Newell Samuel White Sam Whitelock Dalton Papili Finley Christie Damien McKenzie and Anton Leonard Brown 5-3 split on the bench for the All Blacks so um, the, the few big decisions that were there before the game were uh, Roy Gard not getting picked uh, with Finley Christie getting selected on the bench ahead of him 
Um, and uh, the obviously, as I mentioned, the Mark Talia thing. So it's a it's a good All Black side. Um, I think when we look at that team, as I mentioned in the in the Wally ratings, there are so many of that team uh, who played against their first really good game against uh, South Africa uh, that they played in July, where they won decisively. I think it was ended up being fifteen points in the end. Um, so that is their counter transition build team with, I would say, a few possible weaknesses. Number one. Shannon Frizzell not as a player he's a, he's a decent player pretty fucking shit human being but when you look at as, as an actual just rugby player forget about all that other stuff good player big physical guy he will be expected and will have to cover an awful lot of ground here for the All Blacks that is an area of the game where I feel this Irish team can get at them same with the likes of Tyrell Lomax and the likes of Brody Ritalik that's something I feel that this Irish team can exploit certainly in the way that um, certainly in the way that this Irish team will look to play so um i suppose as I, as I covered in in the in the wally ratings this new zealand team in the last two years have gone heavy on counter transition certainly in the aftermath of losing to ireland in that series in new zealand they have made some changes to the group that was there there was a couple of guys who were involved in that group who were no longer in the group at all um, and i think a large part of that is to do with the system that they're running which is a I won't say like for like, like it's a copy, because it's not a copy, but it's pretty much a a build that's almost exactly the same as what Ireland do from a counter-transition perspective. They have a slightly different way of approaching it, okay? Now, when we look at kicks in a game, there are different ways to describe different kicks. At a bare minimum, though, when we're looking at how teams kick, as opposed to just looking at kicks as a raw statistic there are different ways to, to to look at it there are box kicks there are long kicks off 10 downfield there are angled cross field bombs off 10 we'll say that we'll say are different from a chip over the top or a grubber kick they're all kind of counted the same so when you look at how uh, when I, th- I suppose when you look at how the all blacks are approaching their kicking volume really does depend and it's different from Ireland in a way where most of Ireland's kicks are either going to be long reset kicks off 10 or off the likes of James Lowe or Hugo Keenan um, or we'll say a kind of a, a longer medium or long range box kick from Jemison Gibson Park most of our kicking in this game I feel will be done by Gibson Park and by Sexton I think we'll be looking to try and challenge the All Blacks in their half of the field and look to try to hit certain areas like for example Targeting Fainga Anuku, I think, is a really good start for this game uh, to basically just check him. What is he up to? Under the high ball, does he have the intelligence to play the type of game that we're going to want to play? Can we exploit that guy? Can we exploit him defensively? That'll be on Ireland. We'll be looking to try to get that across. But for New Zealand, they will kick long off Moonga. They will kick long off Bowden Barrett in particular. Will Jordan will also kick. We have to look at as well. Jordy Barrett is a possible option there too. But when they do that, they also mix it up with an awful lot of chips over the top. And they will try to do that in this game also where they're going to try to um, chip over the top of our blitz. The reason why I think they're going to do that is they've done that against New Zealand or against South Africa. They've done that against France. We have a similar defensive characteristic to both those teams in that we have a sort of, we'll say, if you want to call it a rugby league-style blitz, we do play in a similar way. We are comfortable defending the, oppo- uh, like the opposition in possession. 
um, they will look to try to chip over the top of us because again just from a simple perspective we'll be putting on a lot of line speed we're going to look to try to shoot up and put them under pressure as a result that creates a pocket of space in behind the defensive line that if they kick over the top they will either run through the lane of the defense that's there pick up the ball and be in acres of space with only one or two men to beat or look to try pick up a few cheap penalties by banging off defenders and look to try to win a penalty where the ball lands easy three points or you can try and drive that down into the five uh, meter channel they will try that one or two times in this game today if they get success with it they're also going to try to chip over the top of this irish team into this spot behind we'll say mac hansen or behind james Lowe to put pressure on our 13-2 or our 14-1 defensive press so they're going to look to try to put pressure on our fullback hugo keenan uh, to be able to come in and basically tidy up that ball so that he's under pressure kicking the ball away but that's if the all blacks are in r22 kicking from there or in and around sorry in our in our q2 we'll say in our q2 for them it would be their q3 from 50 meter line to the 22 that's where you don't want to be defending the all blacks right you don't want to be defending them in your 22 you don't want them in your q3 there are certain teams where you would feel comfortable defending between your 22 and the halfway line scotland for example ireland are very comfortable defending the defending that team anywhere we don't want it to be defending the all blacks there okay we want to make sure that our kicking volume puts them where they are most likely to create an error that we can benefit from which is when we get an opportunity even if it means surrendering decent possession we need to kick into the zone between the halfway line and their 22 behind their 10 meter line and press them there because what we've seen what i've seen against the uh, for, uh, with the all blacks in the last couple of weeks when they have lost and when they have conceded opportunities it has been when they have had to play in that area more than any other part of the field when they have an opportunity to play most of the game in your half in and around your 10 meter line they score tries and they're incredibly dangerous that's where they want to be when we have possession be it turnover ball or whatever else get it contestable up get that landing in and around inside their 10 meter line and press them there and make them go for their because again they will chip they will have this thing where they pull it back to Bowden Barrett and look for, look for him to try and find a long pass out to either Cody Taylor or Lester Fyinganuka or Will Jordan who will be waiting at the touchline Bowden Barrett will be behind the screen maybe even behind a, a second pass and he will look to sling that ball out over the edge of the blitz and get the All Blacks away in space. They will do that on transition quite a bit. But it's a risky pass. It's a slow pass in the air. And this Irish team are very, very good at scrambling and then winning breakdown turnovers or over isolated forwards. That's going to be a big, big part of this game. Because while the All Blacks have taken on this um, counter-transition identity, um, I suppose with the idea being that they, like, they've always liked kicking the ball, now with their structures i think they look at it and go we're an incredibly dangerous team on, on the first phase of transition you look at the talent that they have in their back row you look at the talent they have in their outside back line 100 percent agree and you've got guys like richie mwanga who has every pass you could look for kick pass he's got a uh, short mid long range passing as well aaron smith's pass quality allows them to find that width as well when they kick they understand that if they get it back off the opposition in a way that they can attack directly they're very very dangerous and they are very 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 dangerous they can find and even against france and south africa they were able to get outside breaks because they're an extremely skilled team and that's what they can do but ireland are the best defensive transition team in the world so a lot of what ireland do based on our kicking structures that we have is 
the vast majority of our team beating the opposition into defensive structure before they get into offensive structure. If we can do that in behind their 10 meter line off a contestable kick from we'll say Sexton or a kick from Jamison Gibson Park, we can put them under savage pressure. We can start exploiting the fact that they love to try and break out of this zone. They're not really comfortable in getting into those longer kicking sequences where they can't start getting their attack into play. They start to get frustrated, especially if they're down on the scoreboard at this stage. The more you kick, if you're, we'll say, six points up, nine points up, the more you kick into that zone behind their 10-meter line, the more likely they are to try to do something, just to change up the picture and get down the field. We can exploit that. If we have the proper coverage in the backfield, Hugo Keenan's going to be massively important in this game, as is Gary Ringrose on the drop back, as is Mac Hansen, and as is James Lowe. Part of the reason why Jimmy O'Brien on the bench is on the bench here is because he gives us, especially with Keith Earls injured, he gives us specific wing coverage. That's going to be so important here. Because you might say, well, why is Stuart McCluskey not on there? He played very, very well against uh, Scotland. And he did. He was fantastic against Scotland. But if he was on the bench, he doesn't give us the wing coverage that we need. So if Mac Hansen pulls up after 10 minutes, we can't risk having Gary Ringrose out of position, even though he's a good winger. We need to have wing coverage who can understand that the All Blacks are going to be trying to kick in to that spot behind our blitz, both over the top directly with a straight kick and with an angled kick over the top into that space between, we'll say, James Lowe and Hugo Keenan or between um, Mac Hansen, Jimmy O'Brien or whoever on the other wing and Hugo Keenan on that side as well. We need guys who are used to covering that area in the backfield because that's going to be so important here more so than any individual missed tackle even it's to prevent them from pressurizing us and putting us into a position where they can start getting a, a few back-to-back sequences of possession over you know three four five minutes and start building pressure on us that way one of the other key areas of this game here is our defensive lineout. in a game with there's two counter transition teams we imagine both of those teams are going to be kicking the ball an awful lot because again both are counter-transition teams. We will either see much less kicking than we expected or a lot of kicking and nothing in between because when both teams are looking for to exploit basically the same thing, which is your behavior after you kick the ball to them, that can often translate to both teams going, well, we're just going to keep kicking. We're going to keep kicking. And I think for Ireland, it is going to be a good play to consistently kick at Leicester fighting Anuku make him kick put him under pressure where he can't kick and he has to try and bring you know put that ball back into uh into Bowden Barrett they're going to try to get a crossfield kick directly off that as well so we're gonna have to be quite careful not to get too narrow on our escorts especially on the opposite side of the field we're gonna have to make sure that we don't give Will Will Jordan an opportunity outside us because Bowden Barrett can't find him with that kick but if we can play our cards right there we can continue to drive these guys backwards they will give us lineouts they will give us lineups. They will bail off the field. Although it'll be interesting to see if they, if they understand that to hurt this Irish team, you have to keep the ball in play, even to your own detriment. They haven't been playing that way. And when they have played that way, they've either beaten an incredibly, one of the worst performance from an, a, a, an international team I've ever seen when they beat the, the Wallabies in um, Melbourne, or they'll get beaten out the gate like they saw in uh, in Twickenham against South Africa, where they held onto the ball, they they changed up their their kicking structure from what we saw from their other games, so they were successful. So we know they're going to kick. We have to manage that, and we have to manage um, where they kick from. And if we can do that, we'll be in position to pick up a few breakdown penalties. We can kick those deep. We understand that we can get that ball back. But I think also as well, 
our defensive lineout. We know that we can hurt them there. Their main primary targets here are going to be Brody Retallick, Scott Barrett, and they'll alternate them with Shannon Frizzell. They'll do an alternate as well with Ardi Save at the front, but they will mostly try and keep him in midfield because they need that power there. They don't have a heavy-hitting midfield. They don't even have a heavy-hitting um, backline for the most part. Fanganuka will be their power winger type player, but whether they'll be able to get him into the game is another thing. So they're going to be loading a lot of work onto, I would, say, I would imagine, Brody Retallick is going to be hugely important for them to get their possession in place. We need to make sure that when they are going um, stepping off the lineout, that they are looking at two pods in the air. They're looking at Peter Romani, they're looking at Tygburn, they're looking at Ian Henderson, that we can get those guys up into the air and challenging this um, all-black side in the air off their own lineout. If we can do that as well, we will go an awful long way to winning, which I feel, if we play to our potential, I think this Irish team can win by 11, 12 points, maybe even more. But we have to play to our potential. The Irish team is going to be playing in this one. Hugo Keenan, Mac Hansen, James Lowe in the back three. Uh, Gary Ringrose and Bundy Aki in midfield. Johnny Sexton, Jamison Gibson Park at halfback. You can probably name this team off by heart at this stage. Andrew Porter, Dan Sheen, Tyg Furlong in the front row. Tyg Burden, Ian Henderson in the second row. Peter Romani, Josh van der Fleer and Caelan Doris in the back row. No changes. Exactly what you want. Um, Ian Henderson starts a game here. Biggest game of his career, I feel. Um, he, when you look at how he played last week. Even if James Ryan was fit, I would still start Ian Henderson here alongside Tug Byrne. Uh, on the bench, uh, Ronan Kelleher, absolutely outstanding off, off the bench and he'll be vitally important here as well. Dave Kilcoyne, Finley Beelham, Joe McCarthy who comes in uh, ahead of the injured James Ryan. Um, right decision, I feel. Um, I think there was a choice there between Ryan Baird and Joe McCarthy. While both of those guys are raw enough, I feel that what you get from Joe McCarthy will be more useful here and of course look there's a penalty risk he is a bit inexperienced that way and I think he's not fully in control of his physicality yet um, but I would I would make it to that right decision physically to have him on the bench because he might be needed from the first minute who knows um, I feel that the power he brings will be more useful than Ryan Baird's athleticism which I think is more suited now to a half lock style role um, Jack Conan is on the bench as well but Connor Murray Jack Crowley and Jimmy O'Brien as I mentioned so look it's going to be an absolutely vital, the most important game in Irish rugby history. Um, it is going to be nerve-wracking. I'm already nervous thinking about it, but I'm just thinking about the opportunities that are there. This All Blacks team, they talk like they respect us, but they don't. Ultimately, they expect us to break like we always have when it comes to World Cup quarterfinals. They beat us last time out in 2019. They think, and they'll be they'll be saying this week, yeah, look, we lost last, last year at home in a series, but we weren't. We needed to fix up some stuff, but we fixed it. This Irish team, they'll break. When they get the pressure comes on, they will get to the point where they will break because they always have. And when I look at this Irish team, what they've done, when I look at the, the achievements that they've had that go beyond trophies in some way, winning a series in New Zealand, you know, beating every team that they could that they could be asked to beat in the world, winning a Grand Slam, um, you know, beating the world champions last year as well, beating them again in the pool stages we just have to look at it and go we have been here before we haven't been to a world cup semi-final but that was in the past past is nothing everything changes and for ireland we can change this we can go into this game against the all blacks as favorites and win we don't need to buy any of this soft talk about oh aren't we great how we have a huge amount of respect for them they do not they don't believe that Ireland have to go into this game with the knowledge that they rate us, yeah, because they because they hate us, but they don't hate us as much as what they can. 
They don't. They don't. We're an irritant. We have become irritating over the last eight years. We have changed and we've come up into a stage now where they have to acknowledge us. But they don't acknowledge us enough yet. Not for my liking. So as much as they might hate us now, we have to make them hate us even more by the time this game is finished. So when it comes to tonight, 10.30, whatever it is in, in, in the Stade de France, we need to make sure that it is us who is walking off with our song playing. And I think this team have the capacity to do it. For a lot of these guys, and for the likes of Johnny Sexton, this could be his last ever game of rugby. We need to make sure that we go out there, not just do it for Johnny, not just do it for Peter Romani, not just do it for these guys who've, who've brought so much to Ireland over the years, but to do it for the actual country itself, where rugby in this country has gone under a massive transformation in, since the 2000s, where we were a joke, and we are now the number one team in the world coming into this game as rightly as favourites. Let's live up to it now. We have the firepower to win this game. We have the quality to win this game. We just have to go out there and do it. Forget about history and just go out there and win this game, beat this All Blacks team and go where we've never gone before. I will be back after this game uh, to go over it on a live stream, possibly on Sunday morning. Wally Ritten will be out relatively um, early on Sunday and we get a five-star podcast hopefully talking about how Ireland are heading on the way to a semi-final for the first time ever. So thank you very much for joining me. I will talk to you again very, very soon. Check out, check out, check out.